Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this week's Driven Chat Podcast. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. My name's John Markar and this week I'm giving you a really, really brief opening intro because ultimately the conversation you're about to hear gives you everything you're going to need. This week, we're doing things a little bit differently because rather than it being the three of us or two of us, it's just one of us, and that one of us happens to be Andy J. Now, Andy J is in conversation with somebody really, 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 really quite interesting. Andy Willman. Now, there may be a large number of you, there probably is a significant number of you that know exactly who Andy Willman is, but there may be a small number of you that aren't too sure. Or there may be a few of you going, hang on, I recognise that name, but I don't know why. Well, if you are a fan of Clarkson, Hammond and May in the iteration of the BBC Top Gear programme or, of course, Amazon's The Grand Tour, then you may be aware that Andy Willman is the executive producer. So he used to come up with all the mad ideas, ultimately made Top Gear what it is. And then, of course, when Clarkson, Hammond and May stepped away from the BBC and went over to Amazon, Andy went with them and carried it on. So Andy Willman is ultimately the fourth person when it comes to Clarkson, Hammond and May, because, of course, it's his ideas, it's his input, it's his creativity that essentially with a team of amazing other people like Richard Porter, bank that name just for a second, that make the shows that we all love to watch. And Andy doesn't really often give interviews. This is quite an exclusive thing. So Andy Willman talking to Andy J is uh, is a bit of an exclusive. This was pre- 
predominantly a recording that we did for our radio show. And as we've explained a few times previously, we have to do the radio show in a certain format to match certain timings. Uh, But of course, with the podcast content, we can throw those restrictions out the window slightly. So if you happen to listen to the radio show yesterday, if you're doing this in real time, because the radio show goes out on Sundays at 7pm on talk radio, if you've heard that show already, then carry on listening because you will hear things that you haven't heard in that conversation, namely some hilarious anecdotes and some naughtier words. So stick around for that. I will also say a quick hello again, or a goodbye, I should say, at the end of this podcast, because remember that name I asked you to bank shortly ago, or briefly ago, or not long ago? Richard Porter. I've got something very important to say about Richard Porter, who happens to be the script editor for Top Gear and later on Amazon's Grand Tour. And, uh, well, I will, I'll speak to you after this. For now, let me hand you over to Andy J and Andy Willman talking about the magic of making Top Gear and the Grand Tour and lots of other interesting things, including a slight accident in the trouser department in an Iraqi hotel corridor. I am very, very pleased to say we are throwing out the rulebook today. This week, instead of our usual features and chats and bits and bobs, we are dedicating the entire show to just one man. We are rolling out the radio red carpet. The entire show is dedicated to a man who is a bit of an enigma, a bit of a secret. Those of you that know his name will know why. He is potentially the kingmaker, the power behind the throne. He could be... Well, perhaps Torval to Clarkson's Dean, or Morecambe to his wise. That might be the way of looking at it. Monsieur Willem, if you are up with the latest Grand Tour, it is Mr. Willman. How are you doing, Andy Willman? How's it going? I'm great, thank you. I'm just trying to process Enigma, which is another way of saying nobody cares. <laughs> man in the man in the background in the back office. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that would be correct. I th- I would. I was thinking Enigma is very much the sort of power, the secret. You know that that you know that's there, but you can't see it, and you don't know much about it. I know, but okay. I've I've done my bit. We are a foursome, not a threesome. I'll give you that. But straight away, I've got to say. I've got three presenters who are actually, you know, trained journalists, car lovers. They've been preparing their whole kind of working life for what we eventually did. And, you know, I've got guys who you don't give them a script. They just come up with the stuff they want to come up with. They're in every meeting. It's, it's a totally different thing. So in the end, I start to be like, all right, I'm going to praise myself. In the end, I start to be like George Martin. You know, nice, nice. I've, I've made my, I've made my, I think so. I've made my input, but you couldn't do it without whatever John Paul, George, and Ringo give you. You know, they they give you the thing, and then you go, "How about this?" Or I'll knock that into that shape. Or you've been a bit self-indulgent there. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, you couldn't do it without the raw material. True, true. But, I mean, it's not one of those one-way streets where you go, right, guys, today you're doing this. We in the office have thought about it for you, which course. is tremendous. Yes, yes. No, that, yeah. makes, that makes complete sense. Although, of course, you are. And one thing that has been interesting is, is whilst from Top Gear, original Top Gear as we know it with the trio, yeah. We were familiar with you because your name came up last. That was about it, though. There wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of. I mean, we'll come back to the Top Gear when you hosted it, incidentally, later. But that's oh that's god, for, if you have to. <laughs> hey, we do. That's for no, later. Jesus. Okay, all right. That's for later <laughs> in the chat. 
However, I'm talking about from an audience perspective. I'm going to start drinking now good. That's a very... to get through that bit. All right. It's a very good idea. I've watched a bit of Archive. I can't wait to discuss it with you. But okay. We'll come on to that. But what I'm saying is from an audience perspective, and those that aren't necessarily au fait with how TV works, everyone sees end credits but don't necessarily know what job titles mean what. But when you see executive producer, you kind of glean that that's probably the big dog. So we're used to seeing your name from the old Top Gear, but then obviously Grand Tour, you've started to yep. get a lot more traction. You've been the one that's been setting the challenges. We've been hearing your name name-checked routinely, particularly by Mr. Clarkson for several episodes and so people are now starting to say well hang on who is who is this Andy Wilmot guy so so I guess we're now able to find out you know Andy let's 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 chat about dynamics because of course you've you've said you've got those three sensational hosts that that we all know and love they've been on this show a couple of times each and we've got to know them properly as well through the years on our screens but of course you do have that amazing situation of of watching the magic happen orchestrating it as it were yeah how much do you have to say, you've already mentioned how, how kind of easy they are to work with, but, but that doesn't really tell us a story, does it? That the truth is that you have, to, you have to know which strings to pull to get the gold, okay. presumably. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'd say I'm quite unusual. as a, You see that title exec producer at the end, and normally that is someone who, with all respect to other exec producers, they fly high. They come in, they look at a cut of a film, they make a couple of suggestions. But they're, you know, they'll be, be talking to Amazon a lot. They'll be going for lunch, that kind of thing. We, and that's the bit, obviously, I, I'm going to get chastised for there, but I am always coalface, always have been. So the job title is just sort of, okay, I run, this, I run the show, but I'm very much coalface. I edit every film with an editor or another editor from start to finish. Whereas, as I, as, you know, as I was saying, a, a good exec producer or a normal one would come in and go, right, I'm looking at a half-hour cut here. I'm going to a couple of suggestions and go. I literally watch everything with an editor. And the reason for that, I, that works because I think it's the one creative contribution I make that I'm really proud of. I can wrangle thousands of hours of hundreds of hours of rushes from a film into a one-and-a-half-hour think and I can do it fast and I know what I'm doing and I know what voice what tone it needs um, but the reason we kind of accidentally fell into that was when Jeremy and Richard and James and I kind of brought that top gear back the original the you know the reinvented one I'd say Jeremy and I are a bit like um, two blokes who run a bakery where we make everything out the back fresh daily. Okay. And then we suddenly found we were running Selfridges, you know, when Top Gear <laughs> went mental. Yes. But what we're not very good at is delegating at that point. You know, Simon Cowell or something knows they're going to be a TV titan, so they set a team up. Because asked, whereas it kind of took us by surprise because it grew organically. So we've never lost those habits. Jeremy writes all his own stuff. He like fusses over all the treatments of what we're going to do. Every meeting, this kind of thing. Um, he'll go, oh, that new researcher, what do you reckon? You know, just, he sees everything. Mm. And then I, the same, when the show started to get bigger and bigger and the films got more ambitious, we just soaked it up rather than working out a way of delegating it. Now, that's been painful, but it's been worth it. 
because like I say, now we're running around Selfridges and I'm doing jewellery, perfume, menswear. He's doing swimwear because he's got the body for it <laughs> and so on and so on. Um, and we end up like that. So the title is a bit of an anomaly uh, in those terms. I'm much more coalface. Like the farm, all I ever did was edit it. So I put my name much kind of lower down the list because I just edited, didn't produce. Another lovely guy did that. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And and how much? While we're sort of still talking about the process of your of your gig, as it were, we yeah. know obviously, especially from the recent grand tours, you know, we know there are these big moments where hilarity happens because of a mistake, because of something that that's gone horribly wrong, horribly, horribly unexpected. And I guess what I'm asking is, how unexpected is it, and how planned and expected did you leverage that? Well, as you get, um, okay, organically again, everything started, everything we've ever done that's good was an accident because we weren't bright enough to think about it, but we were bright enough to go, i tell you what, we'll make sure that was, you know, that was a good thing. We'll go into a world where those things are likely to happen. So the very, the vast majority of everything is not planned as you get as you go on 20 years down the road and people have an expectation, you might massage the odd thing or try and engineer or put yourself, you know, in a position where these things happen, but it's in the minority. But, um, the rest of stuff just happens like Richard Hammond. I don't know if you saw the Scottish one. Yes. You know, when he went over in that boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so that wasn't, that wasn't set up at all. You just sorted no, it. No, that's it. Oh, my God. And then, like, because I, I remember one of the Amazon execs went, perfect timing, and I love the way they got the camera to swing around. And you're like, it didn't. That happened. That just happened, you know, because yeah. Hammond can't, he's never, ridden, he's never driven an outboard. He's a complete moron. And then over it went. Um, so those moments are, you know, when they got stuck on the bridge at the end and Jeremy comes up with that way of freeing James's car, that was just, you know, listen to the radio transcripts. That was him going, Hang on a minute. If I do this and Richard, and I, you know, that all just unfolds. Yeah, that's the joy of it. That's the joy of it. In Colombia, when he went into the back of, I think James, Jeremy went into the back of James, or so he reversed back. Big argument. James threw a rock at Jeremy's windscreen. All that was temper tantrums with very little sleep. <laughs> but we keep rolling. We keep rolling. You know. But people will go, Jesus, can they act when that, you know, and it isn't that at all. Yes. It absolutely isn't that. It's it, it just stuff that unfolds, which is wonderful. Um, but, yeah, in court, I think once or twice we've gone, uh, do you know what, we could massage that along. I remember we did the caravan camping weekend. I'm dredging the memory books now. Okay. This was an early Top Gear 3 header where they went caravanning for the weekend. And... We thought, right, we've had a funny film. They go caravanning, but this has got to end with a full stop. So we, we sort of arranged a fire in the caravan, you know. Right. And, obviously, <laughs> and then like a fireman who was there spoke to a newspaper and went, yeah, they called us in advance. And so then one of the papers did like fakery and this kind of stuff. But I just said to the paper, you know, I, I always used to say to the BBC, let me handle our own complaints. And I'll go, yes, of course we made it up. It's a 30-minute film and it needs a full stop. And it's not Palestine versus Israel. It's a caravan weekend. Now, 
you know, if you frig a road test, something that people are going to listen to your verdict and buy a car from, then yeah, you deserve to be shot. But, but giving a full stop to, you know, it's a factual entertainment show. And sometimes the entertainment is like 70% to the factuals 30 and vice versa. Yes. Yes. Well, people watch for different reasons, don't they? And they get all, yeah. sorts, of, all sorts of pleasure out of it from different areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy, you, you mentioned a, a few moments ago the, the sort of temp, temper tantrums because James and, 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 and Jeremy were exhausted and so on. And of yes. course, we, we are used to, we have a relationship as the audience. We, are, we have a relationship with the three of them. We know when they're getting on. We know when things are a bit tense. We know when two of them are ganging up on the other and so on, because we're into that now. We have that sort of, we have that friendship, that familiarity. From a yeah. crew's perspective, because of course, you can also imagine how shattered they must be and what it's like. But what we don't see is what it's like for the crew, for the cameras, for yourself, for the soundies, for the various different people that surround the show. Are you all equally shattered or do you have a sort of shift pattern where, you know, you, you don't get tired because you, you are rotating properly? I mean, how, how does it work? Are you as tired as they are? Are you as stressed no, as they are? Because we're pretty, yeah, we're pretty lean as well. I mean, it's something I want to address in the future because we're getting older. You know, we, we set off on a shoe. We do 14 days straight. And if we're something tough like going up the Mekong or Mongolia, everyone off camera and on is knackered mm. because... The hours are the hours. I don't know. I think it goes back to that, like, you know, I was saying that mentality of Jeremy and I running a bakery. Yeah. We kind of do everything ourselves. We're a bit, we're a bit low rent in that way. We don't demand lots of things. We like to put as much money on screen as possible, but we don't, we probably don't look after ourselves in that way. So all the money's like got to go on screen. So the filming days get tighter. So the net result is everybody goes through it. And I think when the guys finish and they've had a two in the morning job, the crew are kind of keeping going, equipment, the production team, what we're doing tomorrow. So if one of them were to go, oh, I'm more tired than anybody else, they'd be strung up. Right. You know, it's, and we've been together, you know, there's, there's crew that have been with us since 2002. Yeah. Now, all right, have we annoyed them? Yes. Do they want to kill us at times? Yes. Do they sign up again? Yes, because hopefully the end product's worth it, and hopefully we are a sort of happy dysfunctional setup that you know meanders along, and it's worth it. Um, so everyone gets utterly, utterly destroyed. I mean, you you can't miss it. Like when they were in the South China Sea, the state of them in those boats. I don't know if you saw yes, the Mekong adventure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, seen, I've seen all um, of them, Andy. I'm, I'm, I'm a big, big you? fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you're not I'm, just growing, you're not on YouTube now going, right, we'll see on about. No, oh, I, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't be on YouTube during a chat. <laughs> I, it, would, it would use up my broadband. <laughs> all right, okay. Um, yes, so we're all in it together. I mean, my God, the infamous Argentina flight the <laughs> night we were hunted down by a rabid mob. For something we didn't do, and I'll say that till the day I die. This is the license plate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That. Um, and I'll swear on every religious book in the world on that. Anyway, beside the point. But, you know, we, that was a sort of night when we all went through it together. Um, yeah. There's no rank. There's no file. There's just everyone trying to survive, and it was survive. And I think, you know, none of us are the expendables we're not like it's not you know rambo three in action but 
the reason we got through that in part was because we held together. You know, we're not survival people, we're not military people, we're not special forces, but we held together. And that comes from years of being a team where the point you raised earlier about, you know, is there a kind of elevation about the presenters just doesn't really happen. Right. Couldn't. Who's the loudest yeah. voice in those situations, Andy? Is it, is it yours? Does everybody stop and listen to you? <laughs> Guys, we've got to get on a plane, pack your stuff when we're out now. Or is it, is it Jeremy? Is it someone else behind the scenes? Who is it that people look to, to to lead them out of the dangers when they arise? I got, well, that one, Jeremy, Richard and James, we, we got rid of quite early because we knew they'd be a target. Yeah. Just they would be a target. So it was, then it was, was I the loudest voice? Yes, I was the leader, but actually... It was one time when, thank God, I did delegate. We had a guy called Bob Ives who was like won the Camel Trophy back in 1904 or something. And he's always like our off-road specialist. And he was the one who found a route that would take us across country over a river so that we didn't have to go into the next town where I don't believe all of us would have come out alive. Wow. Because the, the village we went through where we got attacked that you see on screen was a, a hamlet, you know, yeah. one high street, everyone at the side of the road with rocks, big lorry at the front trying to block us in so that we've sort of, you know, rats in a barrel. But the next town was this town called Rio Grande and like the police with us said, there's 500 cars waiting for you. And it was different roads, different, you know, you'd never ever have kept a convoy together. Um, and at that point, I could say things like we're getting rid of the star cars, you know, stuff like that. We're moving, tend to your wounds. We're moving on in 20 minutes, but Bob's on his GPS and he goes, right, there's a route across country that if we take that, we've got a chance. So, you know, you're, you owe it to him really. He was the one who sort of saved us. So there's no need for my voice at that moment. Andy, at what point do you say, this is only television? How, how has this happened? Uh, never did. Never did. <laughs> no, and that's not like I'm a junkie, thrill seeker. Jesus, you should see me ski. It's like nursery slopes for me. It's, um, I just, I don't know. Never, never occurred to me. I, I kind of, I think I've got an ability to live in the moment, which is like, this is a terrible moment, everything on that. But I didn't get home afterwards and go, Christ. What are we, this is only TV. You just go, well, let's make sure we're not in that position again. But no, I never, I didn't turn it into a philosophical thought. So there was never, there was never any point where you're like, do you know what? We've, we're either going to strip it back, completely change what we're doing or or just stop because we nearly, you know, we nearly didn't get home. Nearly didn't get home. No, I didn't do that. Absolutely didn't do that. And I don't know, maybe I've got a bit missing in my head where... (laughs) some sort of like <laughs> empathy thing <laughs> with my, with myself or what have you. I, I just don't, I don't have that context. Oh. I will go, right, that happened. We survived, make film, next film. Um, we learned something from that one, et cetera, et cetera. Same crew, yeah. same, same team that, that all didn't nearly get home. Everyone came out again. Yeah. 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 I mean, I made some, just as we were waiting to drive into that, village where we knew we were going to get attacked because we've been told everyone was waiting so we were just putting like blankets and things on our windows 
and it was whatever time it was in the morning. And I thought, I'm going to lighten the atmosphere here. And the, the feeling of fear in each car, because we're just, you know, we're, we're a film crew. The most difficulty we normally get is flat whites are a bit, you know, not quite warm enough. <laughs> yeah. And then I sort of got on the radio and made a joke about, I hope anybody is, I hope everybody's okay about not having overtime. But there was just, and I thought, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. And it was just total silence on the radio. Oh, and just, no. The silence was like, shut up, you prick. <laughs> utter, utter. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we all, you know, we all stuck together. We all did it together. We got them out. And they believed us the truth about that number plate. I think if, if it had been discovered that we had done that number plate delivery, nobody would have worked with us again. Right. So that was, that was issue one was like, you know, a couple of the crew were like, when it started to kick off, they were like, come on then. We know you lot like to make mischief. We know you like to mess about what? And I'm like, on my children's life, for God's sake, you know, and explained how it could not happen. Um, so once that was done and dusted, it was, you know, off we go into into battle, so to speak. Yeah, this is fascinating. I mean, it, it feels, Andy, like you're, it's never dull on the show. You know, for, for <laughs> whatever, whatever iteration it is, whatever the title is, whatever special or series or whatever number you are into the episodes, it's always kind of challenging but fun. Yeah, I mean, it gets harder. It gets harder because 20 years, you know. Mm. And I think the other problem is, or challenge, let's say challenge, is you, if your show has a really strong format, like The Apprentice or Survivor, you know, you've got your hit points. They're brilliant shows. And they've got their hit points. They'll be the trying to sell fish before it goes off challenge, trying to make the perfume challenge. Somebody's fired, mix the teams up. You know, they're all there, the interview. Once you've got those fantastic kind of format points in place, your show can run and run with just putting new characters into those format points. Yeah. And we, what is our format? Three overweight middle-aged men wander about is effectively our format. Yes, with some cars. Back in Top Gear, yeah, we had the stick, uh, star in a car. That was it. But there's, you know, you can't format Celebrity Drives a Lap. We had no real format. Now, what the plus side of that, and I've said this before, so apologies if you've heard it anywhere else, it kind of makes you like a band so that each new series you make is like making an album. You, you've got a sound, Coldplay, recognisable, but you've got to write new songs. And those new songs are the new films or things you do. Some of them will be hits. Some of them will be solid tracks. Some of them will be Beatles' White Album experimental and they'll just crash and burn. <laughs> but that factor that you, that you barely got a format makes you go, right, what are we going to do? And when we were interviewed, you know, when we were interviewed about a new series, when we were doing like 12 shows at a time, Grand Tour or Top Gear, the question was, what are you doing in this series? Now, you wouldn't ask that of Alan Sugar, what you do in the series, because people know. Yeah. Um, so that has kept us on our toes. It's harder, and you fail sometimes, but it's kept us on our toes. But then I'm back to the very, very first point, which is, 
thank Christ, we've got Jeremy, Richard and James, who absolutely love their topic, love storytelling. Two of them are, you know, trained journalists, and you cannot overstate that fact when it comes to the success of our shows. Um, about, you know, attention span, tabloid mentality, that kind of stuff. Need something new and newsworthy, yada, yada, yada. Um, so all of that keeps us on our toes. So that, But it does get harder, because how many things can you do with cars at the end of the day? The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Well, you you continue to answer that question, Andy, and it, it continues to extend, doesn't it? So, I, I mean, that that's kind of the question for you, really, and you, you continue to make it look brilliant. Uh, Andy, we're going to talk about the latest special, Carnage à Trois, the France yeah. special, in, in just a second. But it would be mad of me not to ask you about the ending of Top Gear and the beginning of Grand Tour, because when I spoke to Jeremy... He described it as heartbreaking because Top Gear was his baby. And of course, you all made the decision when things came to a sticky end for him, you all made the decision to leave with him. Would you mind sharing your experience with us of, of that before we start to talk about the new show? Uh, right. So the end and the experience of it. Yeah, it was utterly heartbreaking. Um, I don't know how much detail you want. Shall I just blather on? You can blather as much as you like. And then yeah. you can put like 10cc on if I'm going on <laughs> too long. But um, um... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It was heartbreaking, and... Um, because we had grown that thing from literally, you know, the format, the, the, the plan in 2002 was to bring back a new Top Gear, make a decent, I remember Jane Root, who was in charge of BBC2, going, I want a 3 million audience. And then, you know, we ended up getting, whatever, 9 million on a decent night. It became a phenomenon. So when you grow a phenomenon organically, it is your baby. That That is the truth of the matter. And... It is heartbreaking to see it go, and we were tight as well. Um, but we were in a really toxic environment, some of which we were responsible for, some of which BBC management were responsible for. So it was so perfect storm of toxic, toxic, toxicity. toxicity. Yeah. That's the word, yeah, toxicity. At that moment that um, you, we couldn't survive it. If I, I look back in hindsight, I thought, right, what would have made this survive? And I think 
probably one thing. If Jeremy had had an agent like Jonathan Ross had, like that wonderful guy, Addison Creswell, who could like go, right, I go in, I, I decide, I, I barter your punishment, etc. Right. You know, Jeremy has nobody. He's just a hack. And I mean that in the nicest way. He's a hack who's pet, whether it's TV or print, he's paid, you know, he writes something or presents something and he gets some money for it. So he doesn't have an agent in that way. When everything hit the fan in that way, um, we don't have a structure for survival. So, but we were so tired. I mean, we were filming at the end of that series, the end, the, you know, the last film, and we had like two weeks to put it together. We were late. We were filming a film the day after we'd shot a studio, and it, it had just got chaotic. It was collapsing in on itself with the workload. We were tired. Mm. And we won't say at that point, stop, because we were always like, we can do this. We can do this. We can pull through. You know, there, there are people cleaning sewers. There are people emptying bins. We can do this. So we didn't. Um, and then Jeremy had his moment, and which was like, you know, he knows out of order. And a punishment was due, but it was pounced on by management, a certain sector of management who really wanted us gone. And I guess, you know, at that moment, we were, there was no survival. So when Jeremy was let go, it was a no-brainer. I mean, I, I didn't go immediately, but I always was going to go. I was not going to hang around to see what the BBC was going to come up with because I knew that they would fight. Their, their view would be, we own the brand name Top Gear. Top Gear is a BBC show. Now, sure, yeah, according to the lawyers, you own the words Top Gear, fine. But it was, in spirit, our show. We're the ones who made that thing what it was. Yes. And if you've lost Jeremy, uh, don't go there. You know, into, what I mean is don't go that these guys can, the new guys can do it. But for any of us to go there would have been, even if I was being Machiavellian, it would have been insane. Because once you've lost Jeremy, you've lost the tip of the arrow. Um, even though we all contribute massively, you've got an arrow with no tip on it. So I was not going to stay around. And also... I wasn't going to stay with that that management. I was not going to give them the time of day. And Richard and James, yeah, I think they were angry because everything is like rug pulled out from under your feet. But once we'd all calmed down, once we all got round a table and went, right, here we are again with yet another problem. Because we're good at being in, I suppose we're schooled at being in trouble. It just was it never been this big. But we are hardwired to sit around the table and go, right, what are we going to do to get out of this? Um, and then I remember saying, I think our future is with the Americans. That was logical to me. Okay. Because ITV were, would have taken us, but I don't think that I've had the budget to do what we needed because we had worldwide money as well, you know, to, to sort of top us up for our antics because we always blew the TV budget we had. That was never going to work. Um, Channel 4 didn't want us. Sky didn't want us. So at that point, you go, right, where are we headed? Um, and just at that moment, we were lucky that Jeff Bezos had gone, <coughs> TV, I fancy TV. It's part of <laughs> yeah. my 
as part of my global domination plan. Could be a fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So and then and we got an American agent who was hilarious. He's like Lance. He's like oh, I remember our first call with him. He's like what was that show? Was it Entourage? Harry Gold. Yes. 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 Yeah. Now his boss whose name escapes me, uh, runs WME, or he, Harry Gold was based on him, oh, actually based on him. Brilliant. So they're all like that. It's like the attention span, four seconds, is goldfish stuff, you know. And, and lots of shouting, lots of massive numbers going around. And if, you know, I remember Jeremy having a call with one of them, the guy's going, we're going to get your oil sponsorship, we're going to get your auto sponsorship. Jeremy's going, we can't take that kind of sponsorship. And the guy immediately goes, you ain't getting that kind of sponsorship. We don't do that kind of thing. Wow. <laughs> <It's like> total <laughs> flip. It's like, they just move on. Um, and then that was us. That was us. Um, you know, we started negotiating and then off we went. I mean, it all seemed from the outside to happen really, really quickly. Was it, we know that in kind of times of crisis, humans can kind of mentally slow down. You know what I mean? If you're in a car crash or whatever, some people report oh, that, yes. that it happens in, in slow motion, as it were. I remember, yeah, driving through the village with the stones coming. You could see the stones coming out the windows. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so, I, I know exactly what you mean. You know what yeah. I mean? So so was there a degree of that? Because from, from the outside, it was, okay, hang on, there's been an incident with Clarkson. Oh, he's gone. Oh, they've all gone. Oh, they've started up a new massive thing with, with one of the biggest paymasters out there. It seemed yeah, to, you know, seem to be like that, but I'm guessing it was it probably three or four months. But yes, I think for demise of a global hit to announcement that we're back doing more nonsense with Jeff's money is was relatively quick because, 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 yeah, I guess it was relatively quick because actually in TV terms it was. Yeah. I mean, Amazon had the cost down. I think it was, in hindsight, I wish we'd had a bit longer to get this right. You know, we signed a deal in August of 2015, and they wanted 12 shows on air, new format, lawyer-proof, by September 16. And we were, again, with that mentality, yeah, we wouldn't do that. Yes. We didn't have an office. We didn't have any staff. You know, we didn't have anything. Um, and we went, yeah. And I think in hindsight, we could, we needed another six months because we did some stuff in that first series that was a bit crap. But that was like running running fast and going, is it legally okay? Right, we'll do that. <laughs> yes, yes. You well, know, we were well, doing that and we, we didn't think and stop. You know? Well, things naturally evolve, especially TV shows, and you, you couldn't yeah. just do a rip-off of what you'd been doing. You had to I do know, I version. know, but I think I wish we'd had a few more months to just go. All right, what was the essence of that? What you know, you, you start to try and fill blanks that you know that you can't take, like Stigs and Studios, and then you go. Actually, if you when you look back, you go, No, we just rushed at that. Films were fine because we're just hardwired to these. I think it's all the studio stuff and things. Yeah. I remember the first. Oh God, it was. The first big meeting with Amazon's execs when they came over, this was before we'd signed the deal, first time we'd ever met any of them. They're new, Amazon TV, to this world. It's TV execs have pulled together from other lives. So everyone's feeling and finding their way. And 
Jeremy had been watching True Detective. <laughs> okay. You know, in the deep south. I do, yes. The first series was we, excellent. <laughs> but they, well, he'd been watching that. So we were like, right, what are we going to do for a studio? And we couldn't think for the life of us. And then he sort of rang me up. He went, hey, he said, I've just seen this thing where there's like this religious meeting. I've got like a kind of canvas sort of big marquee thing and they have a big religious Baptist number. And he was like, what if we put something like that up and take it to different places every week? We're like, you know, grand touring with this. So we moved the studio around to different countries. And I was like, that sounds really expensive. And he was like, no, 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 no. you should see this thing on um, True Detective. He said, it's really cheap. It's just clearly just a tent, you know, poles, canvas. So, and we were going, no, Jeremy, that is, to do that properly, sound, audience, the whole number is going to be really expensive. Let's do the numbers first. So we're going to see the new Amazon execs the following week. They've flown over to London and we're in the lift going up to their office. And there's myself, Jeremy, Richard, James, and our lawyer, Mark. And we're on the way up in the lift and Mark, and I'd said, please don't mention the studio moving around the world. And Mark said to Jeremy, Jeremy, absolutely, and he's a real voice of reason. He went, absolutely, you do not, Jeremy, because we haven't costed it. It could cost you a fortune, and if they want it, so it's like, Jeremy's getting out of the lift, you can see his brain going, no, no studio, no studio, no tent. <laughs> and then we sit down, and we small talk, have a bit of quiche, all that, cup of coffee, small talk, small talk, and they're, and they're going, well, what do you think for the new series? And I'm like drawing breath to go, you know, well, it's really quick. We're just dying embers of the last one. We need a little time to think this out. So there's a silence while I'm gathering my thoughts. And then Jeremy just, it's a, it's a vacuum. So Jeremy goes, I was watching True Detective. He said, oh, for Christ's Uh-oh. sake, shut <laughs> up. And it's like a vacuum. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll just dive in here. Um, <laughs> and then he explains it all. And Mark and I are looking at him like, I literally want to kill you now. i stab you with the quiche platter or whatever and and then they went that's great we love it we love it a touring studio <laughs> and then that thing was a not very good and b crippling you know once once the actual you put it together it was like a rock band going on tour and we didn't have rock band money it was yeah. it was hilarious was yeah. a rock band on tour without stadiums to fill you had to bring your own stadium yeah, yeah. exactly but we were like so we were like taking everything round for 150 people it was it was classic us, I would say. <laughs> you know. um, but we were in together, and there we were. Yeah, Amazing. so that's that's how our lives t- trip along, I guess, from thing to thing. Oh, it's so fun! I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. Look, I've, I've promised we'll talk about the new episode. Oh, for, yes. for some time. I want to do that, and then we must talk yeah, about you and what's got you to here because you've had a really interesting life. And I also want to talk to you about some seeded lies that are that kind of permeate uh-huh. the internet about you because this it's a whole sort of true or false thing that we'll come on to. Um, but let's talk about the new episode because I've I've watched it. I've absolutely loved it. It starts with the opening line: "The French can be a bit weird," which is always oh, a great yeah. opening line for any episode of anything ever. And then, of course, you go and talk about where they put their pills and so on. And it is exactly what we expect initially. It's exactly what we've come to say from the Grand Tour, I mean, of course, where we establish the three lads. We establish the cars, the Citroen CX Safari, the uh, Matra Marina, the Renault and Avantibes. And we know what they've got. These are the three lads. This is what they've got. And it's something to do with France. That's what we get. 
And so if yeah. we were going with the language of recent Grand Tour specials, we yeah. would expect to see some sort of high japes adventure leading to a payoff because that's you know that's that's the loosest way i think you can describe what the sort of previous specials from the grand tour have served up for us usually yeah. usually across crazy terrain and involving some mad stunts yeah however and <laughs> and and i mean this in a, in an only positive way what follows is is something completely different yeah. It's full of laughter and joy and fascination and perhaps... Oh, thank you. Perhaps the most real of the three of them being together again we've seen for a while, if you see what I mean. The, the most dynamic, oh. the, the, the three of them connecting so brilliantly. Oh, this is good news because um, I need to put some flesh on what you've said, haven't I, really? I yes. should do that. Yes. Okay, our logic was, it, it, is it different? Yes. Um, the, the thing is, I think what you're alluding to is not a road trip like you expect. It's more like we biff about in England um, taking a, it's like Clive James with explosions, I think is the best way we can say. You know, we, we do a bit of cultural look at the French car culture. Now, if anybody's listening to this and goes cultural, Please don't switch off. It, the, the explosions are there and the helicopters and everything. But we do, it's a love letter to French car culture. That's the other thing. Because I know we're having a bit of a battle with the French at the minute, but we are not in that camp 100%. We're not little Englanders on that. The French are like, we're not in the Boris Johnson-Macron abysmal behavior that those two seem to you know, mudsling at each other. Yeah, no, politics we is are, out of this. This is cars. Yeah, our, our kind of, you know, our, our relationship with the French is, I think, the one that the British have had for thousands of years, which is they are our nearest enemy and friend, but no one else is allowed to be their enemy because we'll look after them if that happens. <laughs> and it's like, but the French car culture is the most eclectic of any. If the Americans got muscle cars or the Italians got supercars, the French are weird. So we do that. We look at their car culture from these shores because it was another lockdown film. And that, I think, is a very important point because we, we decided we could make two lockdown films while we couldn't travel. We made the Scotland one, which was a road trip, a kind of more conventional road trip. Yeah. But we knew that we couldn't do a second road trip. Even England and Wales are lovely, but we didn't want to do a second road trip for this kind of double bill of lockdown special. So we thought, right, what are we going to do? Now, then we had a meeting in the office and that went on for hours and we couldn't think of anything. And I can't remember who it was. It could have been Richard Porter. I can't remember. Somebody at some point went, Jesus, the way we're going at the minute, we're going to be end up doing what's the matter with the French. Then there was one of those silences where everyone goes, oh yeah, that's, that's the title. <laughs> um, and it just... You know, we've had 20 years of being on the same wavelength where you go, right, That's let's explore that. And then very quickly it came together. So it's constructed because we're making points, which I think, am I right in thinking that's what you think is the sort of surprise element of it? Yes, the, it isn't, the, the yeah. absence of road trip, you know, I, I, I knew about the constraints and so on. And yet for some reason, I was still expecting to see, I don't know, trying to blow up the Eiffel Tower or whatever. But instead, <laughs> you know, what followed, I'm not going to give away because I, I really want people to see this because it's a terrific oh, episode. Good. Oh, really is, you. really is great. But, you, you know, we, we see green laning, there's a test in at Lydon Hill and so on. There's, there's plenty of kind yeah. of 
um, magic moments as you'd expect. This is one of the best races I think we've ever done. <laughs> yes. Because it's so visceral and so exciting. French hot hatchbacks. And it's like, you know, that's not the grandest thing we've ever done. It's not the most expensive or ambitious. But when I edited that, I was like, Christ, this race. Um, and so you get, yeah, it, it's really enjoyable to watch. I agree with you. It is really enjoyable to watch. And I think it might be a bit Marmite. I think some people go, mm, I want a road trip. But you're not going to get one for this one. You're going to have to just live with it. Well, do you know, that, that's the thing. I spent the first 20 minutes expecting a road trip. I was like, oh, this is a long, this is a long preamble a to, long the, intro. to the ah. intro. And what was interesting for me, Andy, is that I got sent one of these pre-screeners, which clearly had a lot of time on at the end for you know end boards and so on so i thought right. i thought the episode was a lot longer than it was so i was thinking oh okay they're just going for a really big intro and then we'll have an hour of road trip. no time to die type <laughs> intro. Yeah. exactly exactly no no it's 67 minutes which is the shortest one we've ever done right which wasn't and which wasn't the length of the screener that i had and and <laughs> so and so i genuinely was kind of thinking oh this is a massive massive intro this must be something crazy as soon as you realize oh they're not it's not a road trip. You completely settle into a different language of, of what's coming from the show. And it's it's really lovely. It's a really nice oh, change. thank you. No, that's really nice. Because, you know, you do get worried when you, you break away from your kind of, um, you know, the crutches that you have. You do get a bit worried like that. It's like, oh, my God. Have I... But we knew, we've never worried too much. Well, I'm just contradicting myself there. Ultimately, we've never worried too much that we need to try something else. And um, that had to happen for this show. Now, I found it interesting that 67 minutes, we were maxed out. There was a bit more stuff to, we could have put in. But a story that's kind of an examination of love letter, whatever you want to call it, to the French and their car culture, at 67 minutes without a road trip, you're done. You have to go, right, let's get out of here. Uh, it's short and sharp and sweet. Jeremy adores it, but then he's got his, you know, his tabloid brain sees that this is like punching the lock. Um, and I'm thinking, right, what can we learn from this? This was a bit of an experiment. And in the future, we could amalgamate like a hybrid of where we look at something in more detail, but put a road trip in and then we can go the distance, you know, the kind of 80 minutes that we need for the big one. Yeah. Because... My my feeling, I'm not alone, I think the other guys feel it, is we've had 20 years of, if you think some of the early, early films we ever did where you buy a hundred pound car and everything breaks down and it's funny, 20 years on, people will go, yeah, it's broken down. Yeah, I've got you. Yeah, I've seen that. So you can't rely on that forever. Mm. I think, you know, Madagascar was not one of our strongest films because the road was amazing. The country was amazing. The cars were amazing. But we we were, we were kind of relied on that incredibly tough road to give us all our content. Right. And you look back and go, you know, in hindsight, we should have anticipated that and maybe found another couple of things to do. Right. So you're, you're on your nerves now after 20 years. You see things like that. You go, all right, it wasn't, you know, it's not bad, but, you know, Sort it. Which, Think harder. Well, what this episode, the France special one, 
was a real reminder of actually was was two things for me. It was firstly that journalistic background of of two of them and and the absolute passion and love of cars that the three of them share because we learn actually yeah. a lot. It's it's not yeah. a celebration is correct, but it's also an information. You are sharing lots of lots of great anecdotal stories about French cars. And the second one I think is that what we all fell in love with in the first place, which is the power of the trio when they're clicking, when they're getting on, when they're not separated, like we see on road trips, they are naturally separated because they're all in different cars. We see them together so much in this episode and it's really strong for that reason, I think. It's it's a damn good point you make. I mean, uh, Richard and Jeremy driving that Citroen SM, my brewer's Citroen SM of this parish, um, driving his Citroen SM, that is it's a very quiet moment in terms of Crash Bang Waller, but it's two men driving along, loving a car, and I, you know, I'd hope you'd agree there that that I just that was a highlight for me because that was lovely. I just thought this is why, without blowing trumpets and smoke, we are the best at this because nobody could bring a car to life like they do. Yeah. And they got in and just started talking. You know, I think Jeremy had a couple of thoughts in his head. He knew about bass players. He knew about Anglo-French or whatever. He'd done a bit of research. But the, the flow of them chatting, Richard going, you know, I want one and I could set off in hope and all that, all just spews out as they go along. Yeah, and riffing on the stop button and everything. It was really, yeah, really that, lovely. Yeah. No, and I think I, I couldn't agree with you more. We are brilliant at our best. And I'm looking at that and, you know, making my notes going, right, we need to engineer that kind of scenario where they are together and not apart. Because you're right, they were together a lot in this one. And there's still a lot of petrol in that tank, to use a terrible analogy. (laughs) Yes. There is. Still a lot of of charge in that battery to be really calm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still a lot of sandwiches in that glove box. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Still a lot of crumbs in that baby seat. Nice. So... um, yeah, well, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it. I think it'll be a real Christmas hoot because yes. it kind of is. Yes. And the French love it. Amazon France. Oh, good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, they thought we were going to take the mic and we were like, well, just watch it and report back. And they were like, thank you. Thank you. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Brilliant. Andy, we have to talk about you. We don't have a lot of time left and I'm, and I'm Ooh, okay. sort of very disappointed by this because I'm extremely keen to get to know you because you have a fascinating backstory that the world, I think, needs to hear. Before I ask you directly, I do want to just check out a couple of lies that I think have been seeded into the internet. I'll, I'll tell you why I think they're lies. And, and that is because I once had the pleasure of uh, interviewing Dom Jolly quite recently. Really interesting guy. It'll be aired quite soon. And... Right. One of the things that I'd said to him, because if you if you do a quick Wikipedia search on him, which is not how I approach these conversations, but it is by the sound of things how lots of people that have previously interviewed him do. Yeah. There's a top hit about something he'd done about learning to fly a plane or whatever. And thankfully, I'd saved it for very late in the interview. And I'd said, here's something I don't think is true about you. La, 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 la. And it was a seeded lie. It was a lie that he had put himself on Wikipedia so he could test whether the interviewees or interviewers rather had actually done their homework. So I'm wondering Ooh. if you have seeded these yourself or whether they've just happened. I wouldn't know. I can't even send a link. 
Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. You're what expecting they are. me to put that I should physically put, technically put something on the internet. <laughs> no, but there are people around. Well, I mean, <laughs> Go on. Here they are. Me. Okay, the first one. You might tell me these are true, which would be incredible. The first yeah. one is that you were a porn actor. No. No. Well, that is, is that, that is on the internet. Is that on the internet? Yes, it is. All right. I've got a little story about that in a minute that may be no, but miles off. Go on. Okay. And the first one is that you did literally everything in your power to become a spy, but you failed the test. Kind of true. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, spy, bit strong. Actually, no, sod it. No, here we are doing a radio interview. They, um, okay, so I did Russian studies and American studies at the university. I tried to be in a band. I tried to be at acting school, failed everything, went back to university late. So I, was, I, was, I wasn't going to hang about. I, I graduated when I was like 28 or something. And I'd done Russian studies and loved it. So I thought, right, I'm going to apply for the foreign office. And to apply for it, and then I'll be in like MI6 or what have you. And when you, before you can get to the interview, you have to do an intelligence test. Now, I'm sure it's a standard one. And it's one of those where you've got questions. You can always answer them, but you run out of time. Oh, you know, you've okay. got 60 minutes, you know. Um, you know, there are four trees on the lane. The lane is made of marzipan. It's October. How many trees will there be in June? It, that sort of thing, right? So you're doing that kind of thing. And I'm just thick at that sort of stuff. <laughs> so I failed. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even a biggie. It was like you had to get something like 55% to oh, go wow. through to the interview to be James Bond. So, I mean, that's the other thing you've got to think about. If James Bond got 56%, he would, you know, he saved the world however many times. But I didn't even get that. I was too thick. I just can't do that sort of stuff. Yeah. I can tell a story. I can waffle on forever. But I just didn't have that kind of intelligence. So I failed the test and never became a spy. Well, what, the a, re- porn what a relief. Thing, yes, or, the porn uh, thing. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Porn thing, all I can think of is my failed on-screen Top Gear career <laughs> when we were like the Pebble Mill days. I once did a film called A Report on the Nude Classic Car Show in <laughs> Wisconsin. And you had to be, and everyone's nude there. So it literally, it's like a carry-on film. You know, everyone's like, they were playing swing ball naked. It was full on Sid James. And the, all the classic cars are there. And we said, right, can we come and film it? And they went, yeah, but you've all got to be naked. You know, it was the rules are the rules. So me, the camera crew, we were all naked and I had to present it naked. So how that becomes a porn thing, I don't know. Because, <laughs> well, you don't look at my body and go, oh, look, Ryan Reynolds is now doing a car show. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, but you could say the same of Ron Jeremy's <laughs> body, couldn't you, to be fair? You know? Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, well, okay. Go on, what's the next one? It's nice that it's out there. You've had COVID twice. Nah, once. Right. Twice is right. twice as oh, well. I think that's there. the power of I think that's the power of Jeremy Hyperbole Clarkson. <laughs> because I had it first time, that kind of April twenty is really grim. And then it just hung around, you know, the coughing and all the stuff. But I think it had effectively gone. Then Jeremy rang me one day and he was like, oh, chat, chat, chat. And I'm like Bob Fleming in the far show, like Ugh. and um he clearly had nothing to write about for his column that week. So he's like, oh, I just spoke to Andy and he's, you know, I thought he was better, but he's, he's 
he's death's door sort of thing. So then I start to get emails from people going, hang in there, son. And I'm like, I'm watching Call My Agent. I'm watching Tiger King. I'm fine. I'm a bit rough, but I'm fine. <laughs> um, but I was getting these emails from who do we know? Brian Johnson, ACDC Brian. Yeah. Who's a big car who's a friend of the four of us, just from the car world. And he's in Miami. And not in Miami, he's over in um, ah, Sarasota. I got an email from him going, hang in there, son, we're thinking of you. And I'm like, Brian, I'm watching, you know, EastEnders. I'm all right. But uh, so I didn't have it twice, just the once. Okay. That's a, a relief. long once. That's yeah. a relief. I was wondering how you got on with that. Nah. Uh, another one for you. And then I'm, and then I'm going to just start asking you normal questions. But this okay. is, it, there's a story here that I have to hear, uh, if you don't mind, which was that in Iraq, you had some tummy trouble, which led to you just deciding to use a corridor rather than a bathroom. That is worse than that. Oh, good. <laughs> it was worse than that. I mean, we got the usual advice, you know, don't eat salad because it's been in, washed in the water. And it was early days of Iraq opening up again. So everything was still, I'd say, you know, not on a war footing, but the country had had a battering. And then you've got your delicate British tummies anyway. And we stayed in this like weird place. It was like a theme park. So you each had your own little cabin stroke cottage. It was lovely. And all these rides that nothing was happening on. So we had day three, we're all good. And I tried a bit of salad because I thought I'm acclimatized now. And then there's that moment I'm talking to somebody in the restaurant bit going, oh, bit of a, oh, hang on. Oh, bit of an emergency coming on. So I was like, I'm going to leave you guys. Said, yeah, Mr. Brown's in reception. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll just, uh, but it was this walk to um, where my cabiny thing was. And you know that this, I'm really sorry, this is awful now, but everyone I hope has been in that position where it's a choice of walk faster and sort of stir everything up or walk more slowly and you run out of time and muscle power. And I was trying to, it was horrific. And I got to the point where I got my key in the door and psychologically my body went, you're inside on the loop. And I wasn't, I just put my key in the door and then just, my body turned inside out on the doorstep. <laughs> Just, I'm really, apologies if anybody's listening to this at lunchtime, but I've never, ever known the light. And you just literally, you, you go, well, it started, you know. <laughs> and the comedy is you just stand there with your key going, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> yeah. oh, I was, it was, it was the worst. Wow. It really was. Three stone later. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, that's so that one's true. <laughs> what a roll call. Oh, of, that's... What a roll call of crap lies. Yeah. Random, <laughs> random... Is it true you swam the channel and yeah. saved some puppies? No. <laughs> no. no, no I can throw yeah. some hero ones for you. Like... wanted to sign you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, none of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, well. I'll do a very quick potted history of your life and what, or your youth rather, and what you what you kind of decorate it up for me. So it's well known that you went to the okay. same same college as Jeremy. You went to Repton. You were a couple of years below yep. him, but you that was kind of uh, changed to one no, year. I, woo, I skipped a year because I was intelligent. I got yeah, scholarship. So I was going to say yep. you, were, you were jumped up a year because you were a smarty. Yeah. But, but still, you yeah. weren't in the same year. So it's interesting that your kind of bond began 
I mean, Jeremy's talked to us about Repton and, and he, he was very clear about some of the bullying that he said framed him and so on and, and helped to shape the person he was. Was that your experience as well or did you sort of come no, off unscathed? No, I think he had a hard time. He had a hard time with some of that bullying um, because he was, you know, he's a gawky kid. He was a gawky kid and he had a mouth on him then. And I think you put all that together and it was the 70s where... That kind of, I mean, my son's at boarding school now, and I look at the paternal care in that's endemic in the school. You'd be out the door in seconds for mm. some of the stuff that went on. And actually, Repton was a pretty happy school. It just, you know, it really was, actually. We had a great time. Um, so I didn't have that. So why did we get on? And we were a year apart and two years age apart. We were in the same house. You know, you've got 500 boys, and each house has got like 50 kids in it and it's spread around a village and ours was a bit I mean it's all relative because it's still a public school ours was a bit bash street kids it never won anything it never got any you know they had plat they had sort of uh, shelves around the dining room where you've got cups for winning things and I think we had like an egg cup on one and that was it we <laughs> didn't get anything and we were kind of took pride in that and you could, if you wanted to like get a girlfriend or get a reputation or be popular, you could either like be good at sports or get into trouble. And he and I, you know, it wasn't chariots of fire when you look at us two. So we kind of took that route of getting into trouble. Like, hey, look at us being in trouble. And I think it formed, it had a massive impact on the top gear we made because most of the time when we got into trouble, we did it with some charm. You know, Top Gear, when it worked, was the naughty child of the BBC. Yes. Where you could, and then when we, sometimes we overstepped the mark and we were, but 90 odd percent of the time it was like, oh, you boys. And that came from Repton because we kept, we got into trouble, but it was in a way that you could be forgiven and like tried to do it with a bit of wit and a bit of charm. And we both did that. So we just, you know, bonded, I think, in that way. And then when we left school, left different times, went apart. And then I went to, like I said, I went to university. We sort of didn't see each other for years. But I, Jeremy, I kind of owe him everything because he'd become a print journalist by then. And when the Foreign Office said, no, we're, we don't need somebody as intellectually bereft as you, and I'm still looking for work. It was Jeremy who said, try journalism. And I was like too scared because I just thought it was such a high, high end profession. And he was the one who kept pushing you like, just write, just write, you're funny. Just write. They just want the story. They don't want the, the everything. They just want the story. So he was the one who kind of pushed me. And I, yeah, I kind of owe him everything for that because I wouldn't have done it myself. You know, that's really interesting because one of the things yeah. that, that, that Jeremy sort of shared with me a couple of times now is is his belief that he's the luckiest man in the world. He doesn't credit himself for talent or skill or, or, or anything like that, which we have debated because, of course, as, think, as we both know, he's a brilliant writer and, and incredibly good on camera and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, yeah. he credits luck. And I actually wonder, because the true nah, success happened in both it, of your but... lives, I wonder if that luck is is that spark between the two of you. Well, if you're talking about fate, you know, we met at that school. And like I say, we took that tone. Can I name drop? Absolutely. Right. The other, another person that we sort of became friends with when he, not friends, but, you know, 
got to know beyond the show, Tom Cruise. Oh. He lovely guy, wonderful, wonderful, you know, guy. And he was like, he came on the show, it was a great show. And then he invites us up to, like a year later, up to filming, uh, his filming when he was filming Edge of Tomorrow. You know, he said, come and see me. And we were like, yeah, Tom, that's never going to happen. And he bloody well made sure it did. Um, but he lives and breathes film, as everybody knows. Yeah. And you kind of, he always sat at the feet of great directors and what have you. And he taught me something when we were talking about the film he was making. And he went, tone, tone, tone. Tone is everything. I was like, what do you mean by that? And he went, if you pick a tone, you go with it for your film. If you start putting different tones in, the audience won't know what's wrong, but they'll know something's wrong. So it's your responsibility to do that to make sure the tone, because it's the, it's the easiest path for a viewer to go down, to go, I, I'm, I'm absolutely at home. What I, the tone can be whatever it is, but once you do it, you stick to it like faithfully. You, you, know, you look after it. Um, so where am I going with this? Jeremy and I and Richard and James, I think fate, four people came together who had the same view about the tone of what the show could be the same things we found funny. And we were, like I say, disparate, disparate animals, apart from Jeremy and I. So that was fate. Yeah. Um, you know, he, you know, he pushed and pushed until I got, I wrote something and I sent it to Auto Express. And then the guy there, Howard Walker, brilliant guy. He's like, I mean, I did my sort of interview in a phone box. I'm like pushing all the 10 P's in. This is for your younger viewers. Google phone box. Well, Google and cash. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'd written nothing except for a story I'd sent him. I had no experience, no training, no anything. And he took me because he said, yeah, you, you, you can write. I get it. And all those little things made, I suppose, luck, I suppose, you know. I think Jeremy, oh, God, the big one for him was he was a print journalist. And he was at a car launch and he was drunk. And the producers of Top Gear, the Pebble Mill one in the 80s, he wandered over to their table, emboldened by the drink, and told them what was wrong with their show, that it was boring. And it's like, you know, he as a car person. And then they rang him a week later and said, all right, come and show us what you got then. Now, if he hadn't been on that launch and he hadn't been drunk, he wouldn't have gone over and said, your show, and they wouldn't have gone looking for him. So the moral of this is, what, get drunk? I don't know. <laughs> go go out and get drunk. <laughs> get drunk. <laughs> get drunk and insult your boss. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him what you think. <laughs> insult people who you want the job from. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there were, there were millions of those little things like that. And, um, and they all came together. The stig, you know, we couldn't – fit another racing driver in who could talk as a race driver because he would have to speak and we thought we've already got three people talking what do we do and then Jeremy just went he'd watched Pulp Fiction oh, great. a week earlier bring out the gimp love it yeah and he went hang on a minute and this is where he's brilliant is the tip of the arrow thing he goes I can you know I can make these things come to life but he's the one who goes hang on a minute and he went why do we need him to speak and then the stick was born, you know. But it was all that came from a problem. Yeah. 
the first special, Florida Fly Drive, we shot too much. We didn't go and make a special. We were, like I say, we weren't bright enough to think of that. We came back with too much material, so we said, all right, we'll just make a full hour. The specials were born. And so it goes. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So basically thick, smart <laughs> enough. Basically thick, bit lucky, smart enough to know when we're up to a good thing. I think yeah. it's amazing, Andy. We've seen we've seen spin-offs for all the lads across Amazon, and of course you've you, you've had your hand on the tiller, particularly for the farm. You've you, you've sort of downplayed your role in that, but nonetheless, Clarkson's Farm has been a, a, a runaway success, and, and there's going to be more of it. And it's terrific. Am I right? And I might not be in saying that you also have a solo project on the, on the cards with Amazon. Yeah, but I don't have it fired up yet because we all got one when we signed our sort of latest deal. We all got a solo project solo album for all the needy mm. in the band and um, I, I just haven't done one because I've been too busy and then lockdown came and then Jeremy's like could you produce fire I went no but I was, I was like but you know could you cut it and I was like yeah so I ended up doing that and um, that took up time so I'm very happy to do it because it was the happiest edit time in an edit suite I've had in Ten years. I bet. So, I bet. It's oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, uh, I was lightning in a bottle when you sort of look at what you're dealing with. So, yeah, um, I haven't done mine yet. It's still sitting TBD down at Amazon. Okay. Do you know what it's going to be? Have you, have you got plans? Got will it be will we see you? I mean, I know you 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 had your spell no. as Top Gear host. Literally, but- no. <laughs> No, followed by no. Am I making this clear enough? No. You don't like yourself on camera? Oh, my God, no. No, no, it's shocking. <laughs> I don't know why that is, because I think I can be as witty as those three, but why people will watch them say something, whereas I am just like people just switch over and many others like me. I don't know what it is, but no, I wouldn't go near it. Absolutely not. Interesting. So, so when not they say, well, no, this is no, this is interesting because when Amazon say, okay, you're going to do a solo project, you'd sort of think, yeah. well, I mean, it's obvious that, that Clarkson Hammond and May are going to anchor their own, but you sort yeah. of think, well, well, what's your solo project going to be? Is, is it going to be the lads doing something else, or is it just going to be your brainchild and then you put whoever the hell you want in it and take it wherever it goes? Is it as no, open as that, or, or have they given you some yeah. sort of structure? No, it's as open as that. And also it's been, what are we now, 21, 22, getting into? 2019 when we signed that deal. Amazon's also changed since then. And they're open to, they're, they're, they've broadened their palette of the kind of shows they commission. Yeah. And I'm happy that I've waited for that because you could suggest something in 2019 and they go, nah, it's not us. And the contract is like, you mutually agree in good faith, okay. lawyer speak. Yeah. Um, but they want it. They've got to be happy. I've got to be happy. So if I go, I'm going to do world's best toenail clippings, they'll go get out. Mm. And then, you know, it's got to be something that works. Bezos in space. Yes. With Jeremy at the controls. There you go. Um, (laughs) He's done um, done it with Shatner, hasn't he? So, I mean, you know, it's, uh, they're almost there. I know, but he, he didn't fly it. Whereas, you know, with our, with our, skills about that kind of stuff that's it um but we um what was going to say on that yes i i I will get to do something what i love 
And what I'm really jealous of is when you see those kind of Senna documentaries that take two years to do. Oh, yeah. I just, I get really jealous about that because best will in the world, we've been, we're always a sausage machine, you know, make this one, make that one, make another one. We've done 12 shows a year for so long. And when you talk to the Senna guys and they go, yeah, two years looking at archive, you think, oh, bloody hell. No presenter either to worry about. You can see what how much of a appeal that's got for me. Yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> Control freakery going amok, running amok because I don't have a presenter to argue with. So yeah, that something like that would would float my boat. Absolutely. Oh, brilliant! Well, I'm looking forward All to right. finding so out. So, if any viewers got any thoughts, yeah, send them in. Answers on a postcard. Yeah, big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, and then we can share the profits. I've just said that on the radio, haven't I? You have. You've you've made yeah, that I'm tied up in court do, forever. Do you want me to cut that bit out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll beep it. <laughs> I'm not now. It's staying in, Andy. It's been said. It's, right. it's, it's staying yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, listen. You know, you've given me more than than I'd asked for, and and it's been great. Been an incredible guest. Really great company. Thank you very much. Indeed. No, thank you. I've really enjoyed it, and yeah. Fingers crossed for old Carnage Atoire. I'm glad you like it. I loved it. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I can. I, yeah, I think you do. Uh, I'm telling your voice, and it's like, yeah, um, it's it's a good romp. Yes, it is. Yes, it French is. French for rompers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, was... it's a good one. It is. All right. It's a bit special. Andy, thank you so much for your company. I've really, thank really you. enjoyed Thanks, it. Thanks, Andy. Take care. Me All too. Thank Cheers. you. Take bye. care. All right, bye. Okay. There we go. How's that for a conversation? As I said in the intro to this, it's not very usual. It's extremely unusual, in fact, to get Andy Willman doing an interview. He's done a couple of Vox Pops here and there with some radio show interviews and, and very brief appearances on other podcasts. But I think that is one of the only times I have heard Andy Willman talk at length. And I find the guy absolutely fascinating. Now, at the beginning of the recording, I asked you to bank a name Richard Porter. And again, a lot of you will be listening to this going, yeah, 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 I know who Richard Porter is. Well, we have him. We have him this weekend as a guest on our Sunday radio show in conversation with Andy J. But then on Monday, so a week today that this episode has come out, again, if you're listening in real time, then you will see a full length. We're talking for over an hour and a half. Myself, Amy Shaw and Richard Porter in conversation for a full podcast episode and this one we've recorded it already I'm going to go so far as saying it's my favorite conversation we've ever had so uh, I'm really 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 looking forward to bringing that to you next week so that is next week's episode if you're listening to this far in the future from when we're recording then it's just going to be the next episode and lucky you you can just skip it on right now and hear it because it is going to be a fantastic conversation for you to hear Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, we always love getting your interaction. So if you'd like to drop us an email, get in contact with the show, then you can. The email address is podcast at drivenchat.com, podcast at drivenchat.com. And then, of course, we have the social media feeds at Driven Chat, where you can slip into our direct messages and say hello to us there. Um, and if you have the time, means and ability to do us an absolute solid or two absolute solids, actually. Um, if you're loving the, the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you have the time just to give us a little review and tell the world that you love it with some five stars, um, it would really help us. It really does. It's, it feeds this 
algorithmic computer that none of us can really understand, but it does do a lot for us. And if that's the only way of you saying thanks to us um, for, for this wild, brilliant, inspiring slightly bonkers conversations um then then that would be you know greatly greatly reciprocated so thank you very much uh, the other thing as well is just to remind you we have a youtube channel and we're trying to grow that a little bit as well so if you are a youtube user if you want to go onto the youtube channel uh, and uh, subscribe to us there hit that little bell notification so that you are uh, made aware of when a upload goes up including these podcasts just the audio files only for these podcasts but we do also have car videos reviews there's going to be a rather Rather interesting video with the BMW M5 that's coming up very shortly. There's going to be videos with us behind the scenes at Radford and Lotus coming very shortly. Lots and lots of lovely things for you to see. So you can go to youtube.com forward slash driven chat and you'll see our channel there. For now, I will leave you with that. Thank you ever so much for listening to this week's episode. I really, really hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, don't forget to let us know. Leave us a lovely, nice review. And we'll speak to you again next week with a full conversation with Richard Porter. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat Podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven Podcast in your preferred podcast app, or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.